Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Splinter Studios podcast. My name is Adam Stevens. I am the co-owner and drum teacher, and apparently the podcaster of Splinter Studios. Uh, thank you very much for the love on the last podcast. We had Andy Flute, who's a former boxer. He's uh, he w- was an alcoholic, drug addict, turned his life around, found Christianity, and if you listen to it, I'm sure you'll agree. His story was was really fascinating. If you haven't yet heard it, it's available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple all the usual places where you get your podcast from. Right, so today's guest is one of my friends, one of my best friends. I've known him since year seven in high school, so what's that? 12? 12, 13? Um, so his name is Sean Richards. He's the lead singer of, of my band and his band, Liberty Lies. I've played with Sean in bands from the age of 14, and... Whilst I've been there, been present for many of his his stories and his experiences, I think it's always interesting to see how people take things and and how they pick up different things from that same shared experience. And we've had quite a mixed experience within the music industry. You've heard from from Josh before, and we we spoke about what it's like from teaching. But Sean makes his money in different ways within as as a musician. I'm I'm looking forward to talking to him today. I haven't yet spoke to him. I normally record this afterwards, but Sean's on his way. So I'm looking forward to hearing what he's got to say. So get yourself comfortable. If you haven't yet, please subscribe. Please check out our other podcasts. We've got quite a few now. And we're going to be bringing you some more soon. There's there's lots of plans in place. We had some people booked in, but we've had to move the dates. So there will be some more coming soon. So stick with us, but yeah, hit that subscribe button and like the video if you're watching on YouTube. And yeah, please enjoy. This is my very good friend, Sean Richards. But before we get into that, Sean does use some industrial language in what you're about to hear. So if you're easily offended, try not to be. But if you are, you might want to turn away now. Maybe avert those little ears listening around you. But if not, enjoy. Sean Richards, hello. Hey, the devil are you? I'm good. Not too bad. It's been uh, it's been a while. I haven't really seen you because we with us not gigging. It's been uh, yeah, it's a weird thing at the moment. Isn't it? It's gone from being like three or four times a week, and then before that it was like seven times a week. Yeah. To now it's just on the odd occasion. Yeah, don't like you. No, no. Are you used to? Are you are you keeping? All right. Good. Busy. Yeah, yeah plodding on. Plodding yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I wanted to start because obviously I I have previously explained that we know each other very well. Very well. So I'm going to try to assume... Too well, someone say. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try to assume that, well, I'm going to play out like I don't know anything about you, for the most part. Because most of our experiences are shared. Yeah. But you've got different takes on them. I do. So, But I thought we're going to start with some quick fire questions. Let's go. You. So if you, just, if you could answer in one word or as little words as possible... Okay. Nothing too difficult, but just so just so the listener or the viewer, yeah, can get to know you a little bit better. Well, as you know, I'm not a academic type, so if they're too hard, I'm just <laughs> going to walk out. That's fine. It <laughs> no should, it, it should be all right. A little bit of memory involved, but other well. than that, you'll be all right. Okay. So, assuming nobody knows you, yeah, we're going from the start. So, rock or pop? Rock. Rap or country? Country. Favorite football team? West Brom Javelin. Oasis or Blur? <laughs> Oasis. 
Paul McCartney or John Lennon? You know what? It was Paul McCartney till I watched that the Beatles. That get ta- back, get back here. And I'm like, he's a bit of a control freak, isn't he? He likes to be in control. And then, I, what are these? I like to see if I can see myself in any of them. John Lennon just sat there taking the piss. Yeah, out of people. I love that. That's so you was, you saw it more I, from I John didn't, Lennon. I didn't think he was like that. I just I thought he was the man. I thought he was the main man. I thought that as well, to be fair, when I watched it. But I, I went more towards Paul McCartney then. Cause I was like, yeah, man, he's a boss. Yeah, but you, that's like that's yeah, me and you all over. Yeah, it probably is. But that's <laughs> why I was like, yeah, Paul Paul McCartney's a legend. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. He was writing that. Get back. He was writing that, and they just come out of nowhere. It's like you just you could just wish you had that kind of talent, you know. Yeah. So you going John Lennon? But watching that documentary, I feel like if I was in there with him. I'd get on with John Lennon. Yeah. Just and I'd talking. probably have an argument <laughs> with Paul McCartney. You know? <laughs> uh, next one. Uh, would you rather perform live or record in the studio? Live. Uh, who's, ooh, bit of a tricky one. Who is your favourite ever female-fronted band or artist? Oh. You know what? That's a good question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, female-fronted band. This shouldn't take so long. Let's throw some options. So you got let, Go well, let's assume Fleetwood Mac. Got male singers as well. Yeah, Fleetwood Mac, Paramore. Yeah, Harry Williams. Yeah. Uh, modern day artists like Pink. Pink. I saw Pink live, and she was wicked. Madonna. Not for Madonna. me. No Madonna for me. Uh, it's not now. Have you seen her? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Christ! Just grow old now. Just grow old, woman. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, because um, there's like Janis Joplin and stuff like that. It's lovely to listen to. What's her name? Who Taylor Hawkins drum for? Oh, Cheryl Crow. No, Alanis Morissette. Uh, close. They're in the same ear, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's good. She's good. Are you having Chaim? Chaim. I like Chaim. Chaim. I think I might be good with Chaim. <laughs> I listen to him quite. Is that a, I don't him? know. Haim. I think it's supposed to be Haim. Haim. I like Haim. The dad says Haim. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> so with Haim. Uh, would you rather be a musician in the 70s or the present day? 70s. Straight away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the first gig you ever attended? Um, Like proper. Yeah. Proper rock gig. It's got to be. Take away a rock gig. I know, but like I'm trying to think of... Like we used to go to the X Factor... Yeah, but that'll show. Was that your uh, first? But X Factor, do you know the one with Tabby? Remember Tabby? Yeah. With the was that wall guitar? Oh, it made yeah. me down my hair. Remember that? Yeah. That was probably the first one and I went he, to. He got you expelled from school. Uh, yeah. The prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but his was cool. He had like red tints, and I I tried to do it, but mum went like ginger. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, the school went mad. Remember that? Yeah. It's crazy that is. Uh, Megadeth or Metallica? Megadeth. Bohemian Rhapsody or Rocket Man? Film. Film. Rocket Man. Over bow rap? Yeah. Do you know, honestly, because the Queen one didn't really go into the drugs, did they? Mm-mm. When the Elton one went full on. And the Elton one was a musical, and I love musicals. Uh, yeah. Like you just start singing, I'm so hungry. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And That's why that. we're different, because yeah, I, I, I was the opposite. That. As soon as they start, they start singing an argument, I'm, I'm out. I love it, I do. Get out the door, you <laughs> bastard. You know, stuff like that. I love you. <laughs> I wish every day could be like that. 
<laughs> it is for you sometimes. Yeah. What was the last film you watched? Uh, Friends with Benefits. Do you know the Justin Timberlake, uh, Mila Kunis yes. one? But then I got to the point, I don't know if it's because it's I'm getting older, but do you know the part where you meet his dad and he's got Alzheimer's? Nice I don't know if you've ever watched I it. I have seen it, but it was years ago. The first half of the film is basically them just fucking. I don't know if you want to swear, but I am. <laughs> You've beeped it out if you want. Just having sex. The first half, which is great. Mila Kunis. Justin Timberlake, a bad looking guy, is he? No. You wouldn't mind seeing him with his top off. Great. <laughs> and then it gets deep. And then they go and meet on 4th of July, which is American holiday. And also Josh's birthday. Yeah. Um, they go and meet his dad, who's got Alzheimer's, and it just goes real. And I had to turn it off. It takes all the fun out of you. Yeah, I had to turn it off because I was getting really sad. And then I put it back on and got through it. It was a beautiful film at the end. They fell in love. You can't just... Friends with benefits. That's what... Basically, they're friends having sex and then they fall in love. That's all it was. Lovely. But I really enjoy films like that because you ain't got to think too much about it. Unless they get the Alzheimer's in there, which I... Yeah. Which took me by surprise. Yeah. How about you? Oh, you know what? I haven't. We haven't watched films for a good while. I've just been watching series. Big Blinders. Yes, very I, good. My dad, mom, and dad love it. I'm like, have you watched it? And Trigger Point. I don't know if you've been I watching. No. My parents. I'm like, Sean, you need to watch Trigger Point, man. I haven't even heard of it. Um, it's good. Anyway, we quick fire. Yeah. Sorry. Would you rather have a vinyl or a digital download? If you can only have one. If I, well, I got a record player now. Mum broke, so it will have to be a digital download. Uh, would you rather have Nevermind by Nirvana or Dirt by Alice in Chains? Dirt by Alice in Chains. What was the first... Oh, I asked you this. What's the first... Yeah, I have. Sorry, first gig you went to. You've already, you've already X Factor. Yeah, X Factor. What was the last gig you went to? The Sheepdogs in Birmingham, which was so good. Really like, good? Yeah. Like, I've only supported them. I went with Josh. I've only supported them. I've only seen them support... Bands like Rival Sons. I'm sure I see with another band, Temperance Movement, I think. Maybe not, but someone else. And um, I were expecting much. Do you know when you get to a gig and you don't expect much? Yeah. You think, oh, this is going to be good. But I expect uh, they blew my face off. Really? Five-part harmonies. It was like the Eagles. And this is live. There was no like, backing tracks or nothing. Yeah. There was just five blokes singing in harmony. And it was in a really small venue. What do you think of the venue? Because it's Castle yeah, and Falcon. It's sick. It's really cool, it's isn't really it? Good. I thought it was a pub. You walk in, it's a pub. The the surrounding area is awful. Yeah. But the uh, the pub is... Luckily, the just drove, because so if the car got nicked, it, <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the venue, you walk in, it's a pub, and then you get to the back, and it's like a little sick, you know, like indie venue. It's great. It's big enough for the, what you yeah. think. It is really nice. Last question, then. Uh, what is a band... That you haven't seen, but you really want to, dead or alive, dead or alive. So they can still be going, or they can be no longer. I was thinking about this. We was in. We was, I was having a meal today in the the intercept. The intercept in West Brom. Yeah. Um, and they've got this big wall thing of Phil in it, massive because obviously he was born in West Brom. So yeah. West Brom kind of taking that, yeah. <laughs> clinging on for dear clinging life. On. Have you seen the statue? Yeah, it's awful. It's very great. It's Diana Ross, which is my stash. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, they got this big memorial thing for him. And I was like, I would love to to have seen him. In the heyday. In his like in his prime. You know, yeah. like, live and dangerous. Because we've seen Thin Lizzy yeah. in the current guys a it's few been, times. It's been we? good. I mean, we it's played with him at Steelhouse and it was it's just the songs, though. The it? tunes are incredible. Yeah. But it's But imagine seeing him up there yeah. smashing it. 
I think, yeah, I think the live and dangerous Thin Lizzy. Yeah. Would, 1978. Would be yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Who's born too late? Who was? Wicked, so that's the quick fire round. So we can go on to a little bit more of the in-depth questions about you. Okay. So, obviously, you're, you will be most well-known to our listeners as a musician, as Sean Richards from Liberty Lawyers, amongst other things. Yeah. <laughs> but before music, what was that? What was in your life? What did you do before you got into music? Um, well, when I, was, uh, when I was young, like 11, I was proper into table tennis. <laughs> Or proper, like full on, Joe you know, with a t-shirt with a one sleeve, full Forrest Gump, full on. Like I used to do, like regional championships and that. You know, well, and how many times did you win? I won it once. No, what? twice. Did I win twice? I thought it was three times. No, I won a regional and a county county championship. I was that good. Yeah, I could have been in the Olympics, but I liked. <laughs> yeah, you know, I got to the point in age where I started to enjoy this a bit too much. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Um, remember. Me? Remember Mr. Batman? Yes. I swear he was grooming me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him, man. He used to... It, <laughs> I don't know if you can say that, but... Well, he, he used to, he like, give did. me table tennis bats and that and take me everywhere. My dad used to take <laughs> me and take me to places and stuff, but, yeah. Uh, it's a re- strange talent, though, isn't it? Knowing that you're just really good at, at it, table tennis. It is tennis. weird. It is weird. When it's, when, like, you talk to people now. Like, oh, I used to be play table tennis. <laughs> It does sound real, does it? Nah. It sounds like, oh, people just play table tennis <laughs> in a, a YMCA or whatever they do. <laughs> it's just like a, when you're on holiday, like yeah. when you've got no change for the... Uh... But I was really enjoying I remember playing this German kid. There was this German kid in the regional, well, regionals, like, and he kept swearing. <laughs> he just kept going, fuck him, fuck. And I'm, I looked at my dad, he was like, like my dad, I've never swore in front of my parents at all. I, d- I still don't. I'll say shit in that. But I'll say the F-bombs or the C-bombs or whatever. My dad would turn around to me. He was like, "Sean, you need to swear." <laughs> I was like, "Why is this? Is going to win? You got to swear when you hit the." <laughs> so I started getting fuck. <laughs> I was eleven, <laughs> and I was still lost. But yeah, the Germans always beat us, don't they? Except, they do. Except that one big time, two big times. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but that's my memories from there. I've still got that little trophy. And then I went from that to rugby. <laughs> <laughs> I went from table tennis to rugby and I used to play, was it under 14s maybe for Wensby Rugby Club? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed that. It was a good group of lads. That was uh, the same time as we just won the World Cup, haven't we, in rugby? Yeah, so I got really into that because my older brother played for Wensby anyway. Yeah. And um, Ash was really good at rugby. He had like county trials and that, Ash did. Uh, But it was too much hard work for him as well. So, (laughs) honestly, I remember giving him, he was like, if I do this, I've got to eat this many chicken legs. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. And I was just like, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't know if you'll remember that, but that's a big memory in my head. How many chicken legs you got to eat? I don't, yeah, like, <laughs> that sounds perfect to me. I'm just eating chicken legs all day, banging. <laughs> but you don't want to do that. He likes his salad. Oh. <laughs> so what got you started as a musician then? What What was the transition? Well, that's it was around the same time, because I was playing rugby, and then, obviously, me and you got together. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> And I got to the point where I kind of had to choose because both of them took a lot of time up in the week, you know, because <coughs> I was never a gamer or anything like that. It was literally just going, go play football on the field, go play rugby, band practice. Yeah. And at that point, we was, getting, we was doing more and more band practices because we was proper getting into it. So I scrapped the rugby 
and went straight straight head first into the band. So, but I was around the same. We, I remember we played the rugby club. Yes, um, back in the day. So it was right, definitely around the same time. Yeah. yeah. So what was your first musical influences when you first started getting into music and music. wanting to be a musician? What was your first? In all honesty, it's probably you and your dad. Yeah. Uh, before, because there's now musical, now musicians in my family at all. What um, about bands? Like, what was what the, was the ones that converted you from? Uh, what have you listened the to? The biggest band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> S Club Seven. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest band was The Darkness for me because they they just come out of nowhere and they made rock mainstream. Yeah, like around that time period, like early two thousands, that I was like playing the Brit Awards and everything. I yeah. was that band, you know. And he was cool, Justin Hawkins, wasn't he? He was different because he, he was to cool. be fair, he weren't good looking. Nah. But he just got this different appeal that drew drew you yeah. to him, and we hadn't had there, there was no real like rock stars. I know that no. there was that like around the same time there was a lot of the uh, the new metal stuff. Yeah, but yeah. you don't get in, you don't just suddenly discover new metal unless you know somebody who's into it. Well, uh, when I was when we was younger, a lot of people who liked new metal was a, there was a lot older than us. Yeah, like my cousins, they love Slipknot, and he was still showing me Slipknot. I would then, yeah, this is what I was saying. It's great, isn't it? but like when you're a kid, it's like. Yeah, no, you I want that. I want like a nice guitar solo and just a, that's what I wanted then. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I don't know how you just dive in. I don't nah. know. Like, there is some people that just discover they hear slip and I'm like, that's me. Yeah, but I I hadn't heard of him at all. Yeah. Well, for me at that point, I was I was still watching. Oh, well, I still watch musicals now, but I was massive into musicals. So the transition between musicals and Justin Hawkins wasn't too wasn't too much of a jump. So, but then you go on to like Foo Fighters and stuff like that, and you're probably Thin Lizzy, and you get straight into, straight down that rabbit hole then. Yeah. So what about your first band then? What, who was your first band? My first band was a small uh, number called The Hex. Uh, you did have a band before that, but it wasn't like a proper... Drag Shaft. <laughs> drag Shaft. Never played a note. Yeah, never played a note, never sang it. That anyway. was similar to Josh's first yeah. band, The Honey Boys. We just, it just, we just hung out. <laughs> But you were a band. But it was a band. It was like a gang. Now, <laughs> Drag Shaft, I don't even know what that means to this day. I think it's some sort of car part. Yeah, I thought thought it was. Um, could be misconstrued as a gay bar, maybe. Yeah. Drag Shaft. Um, it's a great name for a gay bar, to be fair. Gay bar. We went to Weymouth. The gay bar in Weymouth is called The Closet. How <laughs> amazing yeah, is that? We went in the closet. So when you were in... Hex. I was, I was in the Hex as well, just for context. Yeah, G- Steve, I was in as well. But you were the guitarist. You were the lead yes. guitar player at first. <laughs> which is mad, isn't it? How ridiculous does that sound? Yeah. Couldn't play guitar now. We play a few chords, but that's it. But uh, yeah. To be fair, you can play the same stuff now that you could play then. You just got uh, probably less. Quite a short. <laughs> we used to play catalog. like full sets. Yeah. And I could just like play Oasis. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> we used to play like, Green Day and stuff like that. Something mad. Well, we, I think to be fair, we probably had, I don't know, ten practices where, because yeah. I was the I was the other guitarist. Yeah. So you were the lead guitarist. I was the other guitarist, and I was trying to sing. You had that Telecaster, a blue yeah, one, blue Telecaster, and I had that J Tersa. No, that was later on. Oh, was it? Oh, you had a black Strat, I had the, uh, the Squire, uh, the, like the t- tobacco burst, wasn't it? Yeah, like the black yeah. and black to yellow. Yeah. God, that was good times, wasn't it? So and. Because it was the other way around, so I was singing poorly. But to be fair, I think I ended up just being a better drummer at the time than our actual drummer. Well, your mum come in to a practice. and we, It was at Brook Street, wasn't it? It's Joe a big was, community Joe hall. Joe Hawkes was the drummer. 
whose kids he were really a drummer. He he had a drum kit. I he think. hit the drums <laughs> in time with the yeah. music, didn't he? Bless him. And uh, your mom come in. She was like, "Sure, you sing, Joe." <laughs> Adam, get on the drums. Because your dad and your granddad was a drummer, yeah. so you've got, you already had the technique and that down really. And then I went. Just to let everyone know, at this point, I really could not sing. I could hold a note, barely. And your mum went, Sean, you sing. And we started playing. It did seem a lot better, didn't it? It just worked. I think just... I, I'd never got the confidence to be a singer, whereas you... Yeah. Would, I was already there. You, Com- I was already there in my mind. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't think you'll be offended by me saying, but your voice wasn't there, was it? You didn't start off. Yeah. And that's why I don't think the natural... It wasn't natural for you to be the singer. I think if we had a singer in the band, it might not have... Ever properly transpired. It was just because yeah. I, I kind of sung by default. Yeah, and it weren't until you tried. Very it nicely, like, by the way. You were bad. This was pre. Uh, I'm sure we've got some recordings somewhere. Oh no! Have you seen it? Don't. <laughs> so, somebody will have. <laughs> My mum and dad will have them somewhere. My nan's got Awful. the first hex. You know, the other CD with us. That it was tucking in at the picture. Yeah, yeah. And she keeps. She still pulls it out now. Oh, dreadful. So, and I'm, we were there with our big hair and. Yeah. Matt Roseblade, yeah. who's now my little brother's boss at work, which is crazy. That's mad. Jack, who was the best guitarist in school. So from transitioning from those practice rooms, practicing yeah. weekly, having two hours a week. Yeah. Playing Jet and Green Day and yeah. stuff like that. Tell me, I was there, but tell the people I will. about your first gig, <gasps> first ever gig. I don't think I'll ever forget it. <laughs> Set the scene. My uncle ran Tipton, like a Tipton Community Centre, like a, I don't know if you know it, Brook Street. It's from Brook Street, but it was Tipton Community. And they'd done like a like a summer. It was Carnival, wasn't it? Wasn't it Tipton ca- Carnival? It was Tipton Carnival, but he basically run it. Um, Tipton Carnival, it was. And it was like a summer thing, wasn't it? And they had all market stalls and that. And they had this little burger van stage. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he asked us, do you want to play? Because we used to practice at Brook Street, didn't we? Yeah. For a beer. Um, and he went, do you want to play? He was like, be our first gig. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll get a set together. And I remember being so nervous that day. Like the most nervous I've ever been. <laughs> and my dad come up to me. I got, how old was he at this point? 14. 14. Yeah. My dad come up to me and goes, yeah, have that. Get me this little glass of whiskey. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I drank the whiskey off it. I was a bit drunk. And I was like, let's go then. I remember when I had a, darkness top on because <laughs> yeah. I love the darkness that much I had a darkness top on and I'm sure you must have had a Finn Lizzy top on you must have yeah it would have been something like yeah. that yeah Chris Hafferton as well he was in the band then and we played this little gig there were many people there considering it was it a was park it was all our family wasn't it yeah considering it was a park full of people it was literally just our, fellow, yeah. our family watching and you know what that was amazing, wasn't it? it, it well, the innocence fair, of just getting up there and playing a gig for the first time, it was incredible. I think that is the reason why we're still here now doing it. Yeah. That initial, because if that would have, if it would have been awful, we probably wouldn't have bothered again. Nah. But I think that initial thing of that that feeling of being on stage, I remember like my, my legs feeling numb and walking on the stage being like, oh my God, this is the scariest thing I've ever done. <laughs> and you kind of just go into autopilot and then play. And then that feeling after, you're like, I need Flying. to do that again. Flying. And then within, it quickly turns from being, we gigged once. Because I think we, we'd probably only been a band two months yeah, by the time that we were... In that, especially me singing and you playing well, the I drums. Well, I think it was something like six weeks from when we first... Well, not the first time I sat on the drums and you started singing yeah. to us. Because your uncle booked us for the gig, didn't he? And it was yeah. like, you can practice 
at my place if you do this gig. Yeah. So we done the gig, and then it slowly just went from that to gigging every In couple pubs. of weeks, yeah. and we ended up getting a, a two-hour set together of of covers. Covers, yeah. And then slowly writing our own stuff. Do you remember the covers we used to do back then? Tell me some. We we tried to do like one by every different band. Didn't we? So we did like Iron Maiden. We did the Trooper. Isn't the Trooper Holiday? Sliver. Day. Sliver. <laughs> we did. Are oh, you going to be my girl? Jet. Yeah. Because Jet was massive then, wasn't I? Yeah. We went to see Jet. Remember that? It was yeah. rough. It was rough. It was a rough gig. But yeah, we just started playing pubs and that, didn't we? Yeah. We but kids. that's when you start getting money. You, you turn yeah. up and you uh, people like us, like young kids. We were still in school. We were getting two hundred and fifty. And back then. Quid. Pubs allowed kids to under underage drink as well, which is which was great for us because you tell school I've oh, been playing a gig and I'm like, oh, we're gonna have a drink, yeah, you know. But I could, you can't do that now, can you? you get, we had the hordes of people, didn't we? Like all of our yeah. school friends had come. And Even the, the school bullies walked in and yeah. come and watch us and stuff. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> oh, so that kind yeah. of all developed, and eventually you put down the guitar and become just the front man. Yeah. Thankfully, and how, how did that feel? Was that a it was liberating? Because I, th- I think at the time it felt like a hard thing to ask you to do. Well, it would be, uh, it would be one, I suppose. It like I wanted to be a guitarist. That was the first thing I wanted to be a guitarist because I'm cool. Yeah, but um, most of them, most of them cool. But I never looked at myself as like the front man. Yeah, like not like strutting around the stage like a peacock. You know what I mean? But I had the personality for it. Mm. Luckily, and it kind of worked out well because, God, I was a gobshite back then. Were I? Christ, I was proper. I, c- I could have been. Up my, I, it seemed like I was proper up myself. Yeah, which is good for a front man. You was always in fights, but not with not yeah, in the band. Just but in, in school, you was always in and out of fights. I was like one of them. Josh will tell you at school. I was one of them. If you don't know me, you don't like you. You don't like me. Ah. You know, because I was very. I didn't give a shit really. About anything, and then when you got to know me, you know I had that bad really. I just I'm very confident. But that's all it was. I was just a very confident person. Yeah, I still am there really. So yeah. we uh, we transitioned from together, transitioned from the hex. We picked up Josh and started Liberty Lawyers. That and that started badly as well. Did that, and that was your fault. And that as was well? my fault. Yeah. So you can understand why people there like me. <laughs> Yeah, to be yeah. fair, you you made quite a lot of enemies early on. I did. Because you just kind of impulsively said what you thought rather than... And the best thing about it, I don't care. Well, there was no you know. there was no worries of PR back then, was there? Because no. it used to be just MySpace and you yeah. just... Everything that you did, you just put on MySpace and was like, that's what's happening now. Yeah, this is how I feel and this is what's happening. What you do, about it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just tough, isn't it? Yeah. But what was the difference between flicking from them two bands? Because it went from being the 14-year-olds that were just about playing their instruments too. Two years later, we were all quite decent, our, our instruments, and yeah. you'd become a better singer. And yeah, yeah. You could sing things that you couldn't have done before. I, I think, as it was roll, as the ball was rolling, especially when we got Josh in, it did start to feel a lot a lot more serious. Like, we were all just them kids who weren't playing pubs anymore. We wanted... I mean, at that point, Josh was messaging the Eagles on Facebook, <laughs> saying, can we tour with you, please? You know... <laughs> Like we wanted they didn't to, reply. We wanted to do the bigger shows and proper venues at that point, didn't we? And me and Josh used to stay at his dad's pub and write music. And we actually went into a proper studio. Not that this was a proper studio back then, but like a proper, proper studio. Yeah. Spent good money. 
on a recording. So that's when the dream started to turn a bit more of a, you know, a goal. Well, it transitioned from doing, because we were doing so well, at this point, like we were doing the pubs, and most of them are paying like £400 yeah. a night. Yeah. Which I don't know like, how well people know what venues pay. But £400 to 16, 17 year olds. No. <laughs> not from doing original stuff. Yeah. But we were doing like, we'd probably play seven covers to one original. That, that was going to fall. Sorry. What was you saying? Um, yeah. So we transitioned from being. So we were doing the pubs, which yeah. then ultimately meant we could afford to go into a proper studio. And we went and recorded with Mark Stewart. Yes. At uh, Madat in Coven. Yes who then, by doing some actual recording to a click track and everything do it being properly done, yeah. we ended up getting on tour with Magnum, Magnum, which was our first ever tour. And it, was, it was one of the first gigs outside of the Midlands. And then if you talk to, like, back then it was middle-aged men, if you go, oh, yeah, we're going on tour with Magnum. They're like, Magnum? Yeah. You know what I mean? You the Magnum. The Magnum. Bob Catley. Yeah. <laughs> and we was like, yeah, <laughs> we're rock stars. Yeah. I remember pulling up the first night, first night of that tour, or the first day. I had this, ma- I had this massive case of beer. Do you remember that? Yeah. Called the Ranji Boom. <laughs> and it was like nine percent. Stupid. I think like, we'd only just turned eighteen as well because we no. wouldn't have been able. The venues were eighteen, so we wouldn't have been able to. I think back then I was under the illusion that being a rock star as well was getting pissed at your face, smoking. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Living like, the the Guns and Roses like Yeah, because like, up until then, all I knew a rock star was was Scott Whelan from. Velt Revolver and, yeah. you know, Guns N' Roses watching the VH1 behind the music of Guns yeah. N' Roses and they're all fucked, you know. So at that point, I was under that illusion where if I'm going to be a rock star, I'm going to act like one. Yeah. Which, you know, were good really, at that, especially at that age. How old was it? When we done that tour? 16? No, it was 18 because we just got to the... Well, I definitely found drink then. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think... I remember halfway through that tour, we done, I'd done this note and my note, it just went. Then it crowed out. Yeah. yeah, voice just cracked. It just cracked. And I was like, what could that be? And he talked to people, I was like, what are you drinking? Yeah. You don't drink when you're on tour because it fucks your voice up. Yeah, you it know. destroys your throat, don't you? Yeah. And at that point, I was like, shit. I better stop doing that then. I better start drinking water. So you learn on the go. And you see Bob Catley, you talk to Bob Catley. He, he didn't speak to you. Who smoked loads. Yeah, he didn't speak to you. And then at some point, you find out he chooses to smoke over talking while he's on tour because he doesn't want his throat to go. And he chose smoking over talking. It's mad. It's a long time not to talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, uh, yeah, so at that point, I think you, you you definitely start to learn a lot more when you're on tour with bands like that, especially. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you you walk on stage and them setting up and them polishing the cymbals. Yeah. I remember thinking, that guy, he's being paid to polish yeah. that band cymbals. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, that was a good tour, that was. And I think that was similar to the first ever gig. That was the platforms were like, okay, well, this can now, this could be our job. Yeah. We could do this. We could tour full time and, and that's what we do. And I yeah. think that's when we were like, right, we've got to take it more serious. Yeah. So we went from being these kids playing covers, like all the covers have got to go. We're a serious band now. Let's start writing our own music. And you slowly start building up and booking shows after that. We, because we... We'd done the tour. We went back to all the places that we played and we went to back to Pontypri. 
Yeah. And uh, in this little garage. It was and, a garage, wasn't it? Yeah, but people turned up, and, oh, that, no. and that was mad for us that we were we were still yeah. eighteen years old. I remember that man. That was sweaty night. And we were we were still technically very very bad. Yeah. We we, we weren't it? in any position to be touring. I, you know what? Some some people who follow us now followed us back then. And they had the urge to come and see us then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, this was 2009 for context. Yeah. So we started Libertalizing in 2008. 2009 and 10, we'd built it up, so we were going... You're making me feel so old. I know. We were going on the road. But that's why it's mad to think now that we're still that same band that many yeah. people are looking, going, hang on, I saw you sport Magnum back in 2009. Yeah. I think that's been a massive problem for us as well. It has been, yeah. Because people see our name and think we're still them kids who call play... Like we was, yeah, and it's the opposite. I mean, if you come to a show now, we're, we're a man band, yeah. you know. We've <laughs> we we do know what we're doing. Yeah, we don't, I don't mean to blow our own trumpets and that, but we the live shows are our thing, you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, so obviously I'm glossing over a lot of Liberty Lies because it's there is a Liberty Lies podcast. If people is interested, you can go and listen to that on this same platform. It's Lies Cast. So you can check that out. Um, what was what has been your career highlights with Liberty Lies? What's been your favourite moments? Oh. We can so have a couple. You ain't got to pick one. You know what? The last five years is loads, isn't there? For yeah. me, anyway. Bloodstock, big, big Steelhouse. Actually, was probably a big one for me. Yeah. Because that was a relaunch of. Because we changed genre. We can, that's how been our problem. We went from alternative. It was like that's the classic rock. So we brought out. Was, did it's a help the kills you come out before Steelers or no? Or was uh, it just United you know, nothing? Yeah, it was just you know it was we would do it so we'd just release the first single. So right. it was like yeah, this is we've done <coughs> the new album. It sounds great. I'm gonna start wearing a smoking jacket. <laughs> I've got my long hair. Um, and that was like we want we're sharing a stage with Finn Lizzie and Thunder and yeah. bands like that, you know. And I, we walked on and it was it was first band on Steelers and it was rammed. It was empty at first. It was empty at first because it was we were on about I don't know one o'clock when we was set, when we was getting ready. And the, we, was, we was kind of crapping. The ourselves. field was empty when yeah. it was like uh, if this stays like this, we're in trouble. Yeah, and then we went on, and it was rammed. Yeah, and you know, and I don't, I'll, I'll never forget that because that was our, that's been our, that's our first proper outdoor festival as well. Yeah, and it was a proper festival. Yeah, you know, we've done the odd back of the. Of a lorry truck and stuff like Burger that. Van. Burger van. <laughs> Back to our. But that was a original. proper stage, and Planet Rock was sponsoring, and. Well, we were introduced by uh, Ian Danto, who's yeah. a Planet Rock DJ and Talksport. It was just where any band would want to be, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's a big one. Bloodstock. The first time I done it, that was the first big gig I done with no air. <laughs> I shaved it off like an idiot. Yeah. That was a big one though, because. That was we, we was good. That it was day. a high pressure gig, wasn't it? That yeah, one? that was a big gig, and that was only our second gig after COVID. Yeah, which is frightening because <laughs> and we done it, and we needed. We were like, we need to because we we had got other gigs booked, but we we had to pull out because of someone had COVID. That is mad. So our our second gig back after two years was, was to a few thousand people, wasn't it? And we knew like the festival would had sold some like eighteen thousand tickets. Yeah. Oh, we knew it was going to be some people there. We don't expect that many people but we, there. But we clashed with uh, Diamond, Diamond Dead. Dead. And so you're like, well, no one's going to come and see us, are yeah. they? Let's be honest. Diamond Dead and legends are there. So people yeah. would be like, we're going to see Diamond Dead, not this band who've been going for 10 years, but, you know, <laughs> still I got nowhere. 
But uh, yeah, that was a Bloodstock was great. The, I really enjoyed the Inglorious tour. I really think at that time we knew what we was doing as a band. Yeah, and we went down really well on that tour. Uh, it was only a few dates, but we we was tight that tour, the Inglorious tour. But yeah, the Soil tour as well. Three weeks of living in a camper van. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's a highlight for me. I really enjoy that. That's probably my favourite tour. More uh, than the off, Shine Down. Off, I think I was too. I think we was too young for Shine Down to really. We weren't appreciate. good enough, were we? When you I, like I, all I, I think as men, I just I don't think we was old enough to really appreciate what was going on. And all the things you just said about us being, it was, it was quite the Shine Down was quite similar to Magnum in yeah. that the opportunity come before we were ready. Yeah, and, we're and still you can't learning. you can't turn it down. No, but it it can do you more damage than good. Good, yeah. And I think in hindsight. You'd look back and go, if we can get this opportunity on their next tour yeah. when we're twice as good, yeah, it'll do us loads better. Definitely, definitely. But yeah, stuff like that. I mean, I remember we played Amsterdam, we shined down. This is a thingy, and I went in the shower, and I just got out. I was in the towel, and I heard our intro tape. Yeah. <laughs> and Cowley come down. He was like, "Oh, you better go on. You got to go on." And I was still in the towel. I was like, "Crap!" So I had to get my clothes on. Really, my air was soaked. Yeah. I mean, my air was normally soaked by the end of the gig anyway, but I remember that. I was thinking, I don't, I, you don't, I don't really have time to enjoy that tour because you was too busy messing up in some way before you got on stage, you know. Yeah, it was all a learning experience. Yeah, it? yeah, it was. But a great experience at the same time. Yeah. So I'm going to flip it now because there's been... So I, I want this kind of podcast to, alongside other ones that I do to be about the music industry. Yeah. And I think you've got a lot of experience within the industry of... The ups and the downs. Mm. So, and th- the fact that you were still in it is a testament to how good the ups are. So, don't I don't want people to be knocked by the fact that we've got good bits and down bits. Yeah. So, what are some of the the low points of what you've done over the last <laughs> ten years? What's some of the worst bits that put you off? That that you get you do it and you're like, oh, I could not do this again. A big one for me is members leaving. Yeah. Because you put a, you spend a lot of time with people in the band. Mm-hmm. You put a lot of trust in them for turning up, doing shows. I mean, some of them I call knock. Like some of the members, I love, I still love now. But there's a lot of them who, especially in the early days, just gave up, went on to different careers, and left us in the crap. Yeah, that was a massive because it kept happening. It, that, that that just happened once for us. That's happened a lot of times. And people could just couldn't stick it out. I mean, we're still here now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's we've still, you know, we've had to move on with our lives other than the band, but we're still we're still chasing that dream, even today. And I just think yeah, there's a deep. I think with some people, there's like a deep thing with it, and some people it was just a bit of fun, like we started out as. Yeah. But we, our emotions grew stronger for it as we got older. You see people's faces change when opportunities come. Yeah. And what should be a good opportunity, and we're all like, yeah, we're in. Yeah. You can see their face go, yeah, I don't know if I want to commit to that. Yeah. And as soon as you see that, and that was, I think that's been a, a lot of our problem, is that we've carried on with them when they, we've all known that they've felt that problem. Yeah. And instead of them going, I'm out, or us going, you need to leave. Yeah. We've gone, yeah, let's just carry on for another 18 months. Definitely. And it, they never change. No. They no. don't ever come back into the fold. They're just thinking, how do I stop doing this before it costs me any more money. Yeah. Which is ultimately when they do go, because you go, right, so we're going to need two grand off you. Yeah. 
that's the that. ultimate problem of why people hate Stadia. Yeah. It's the money. Yeah. Which is fair. I mean, if you haven't got that, the commitment we have. But you know, if I had a check now that said, I will give you all the money back that you've paid through being in the band, but I'm going to take all your memories and experience off you, would you swap it? No. Never in a million years. And that's that's what people need to remember, isn't it? Yeah. That you couldn't... For like everything you say about the Shinedown tour was true, but yeah. you wouldn't take back the memories of playing London Roundhouse. Every, everything we've done, if I died of that, I wouldn't be me. And the interesting thing you said about the sh- the soil tour, yeah. And the second thing you said was camper van, the camper van, not the uh, that, not, not the sh- playing yeah. in front of a thousand people every night. It was we stopped in a camper van for three weeks. Three weeks in a camper van, and that I loved it. And that's the overriding memory. I can't picture. I don't in a camper van with. How many? Five, six of us. Yeah. Six of our um, best mates. It was the best. It's the best time of my life. It's the best time of any man's life, really, I yeah. think. Well, we never mind the family stuff. <laughs> I can't say that now. I've got to keep separately to, uh, Separa- to music. Separately to, yeah, to the family stuff. It's musically or friendship wise. <clears throat> you don't get. Cl- Me and you have been. We were close anyway, but yeah. we was close in that camper van. Like yeah. physically. Yeah. And like, you, you, I was nearly inside you. That's how close <laughs> we was. You have to learn to, to like people and pull up with... Like, you know better than most people when I'm in a mood. Yeah. But you also know how to deal with it. Yeah. And you can push people's buttons or you can go, don't talk to that person for a couple of hours. Yeah. It'll be all right. But if we do, we're going to end up having a row. Yeah. And I'll learn, say, I'll learn yours. I know when you're good. I know when you're bad. Yeah. And you know when... Maybe you shouldn't have another beer now. <laughs> Maybe you'll be all right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So you learn yeah. these little things. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to touch on as well, because you've got a completely separate experience. This is another low thing, but you've got quite good experiences in uh, vocal problems. Yeah. So like losing your voice. So it's <clears throat> You had a few issues in the studio when we were younger. You had tonsillitis, yeah. didn't you? Well, it's just been a thing that's followed me till now. Um, I don't know if... <laughs> but I have a big voice. I have, I use... When I sing, I use my, all my body. My bo- Like I am shattered after a show just because of how I throw it out. And it, when you don't look after someone like that, it don't take much to just go. Yeah. I mean, there's loads. Of, like, if I have a throat infection, I'm done. Mm. You know, it's that. Some some singers are very lucky. A bad can, cold can wipe you out, yeah, can't he? Yeah, some singers are very lucky. They can tour and tour on top and tour. They get a bit of a scratchy voice, but they don't lose their voice. I would have looked, gave anything for that kind of yeah. um, thing. But with me, I've, I've found this new, I had a few lessons and, I got taught the straw technique, and the last couple of tours and that, I've had no problems. Yeah, but you've had to build that into your routine. Yeah, you? yeah. Because your routine before, like some, we don't always get backstages, but when we do, yeah. they'll be like, "I'll do some stretching, and yeah. we'll do, we'll like, we'll do some singing, yeah. but we'll only sing." No, nah, it's uh, yeah. But you've had to start building into your warm up, sitting with a straw sitting and doing your scales and things yeah. like that to try and Which prevent is, it. You know what? I thought it was sounded silly. But then Liam Gallagher does he? Yeah, he does. So <laughs> I feel kind of justified. I'm sitting there with a straw. Well, what's it? What <laughs> does it feel like? Because when you like when we're on stage, and we've been there, we've had a gig, and you've put the mic to your mouth, and nothing's come out. Mm. What's that? What's that feeling like? Well, you, you've seen heartbroken. That's the word I can see. Because I don't feel like I'm just letting me down, letting everyone, everyone, some people who brought a ticket. Yeah, um, you guys, because. You work. We all work so hard to get to that point, and then someone like I just uh, 
We've done that little tour ourselves in Biddeford. I remember I tried to sing and I started spitting blood. Well, but the the interesting context with that is that our support bands all pulled out on us yeah. on the last like on the on the day, didn't on the they? Day. So we got no one to say, "Can you come and help us out?" Mm. So you and Josh were like, "We'll do an acoustic set before." Yeah. And you were having trouble with your voice. Up I couldn't to that talk point. at that point, and I was like, oh, "Come on!" Then. For the love of the band, really looking back now, I should have just said, "I course sing tonight." Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's just have a couple of nights off and then crack on. But like, I think I'd do that now. If I if I'd do that now. But you don't. The problem is with our level, you don't get the opportunity because people don't forgive nah. as easy. If you're a band that's gonna, if that venue knows that they're gonna get. 10 grand, 15 yeah. grand off you that night. Yeah. They'll be like, okay, well, we'll get that again next time. Yeah. If they're like, well, we might take a loss tonight or we might just make a couple hundred quid, they're like, well, I don't want you back then. If that's how you're gonna, what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, because I remember you, you and Josh went and did, I think, three songs. Yeah. And I stood at the back of the room and I was like, this ain't good, is it? Like, this ain't going well. And you were like, yeah, we need to finish. I went upstairs to get ready for the gig and... Uh, you come up like I've just coughed up blood everywhere. Lots of blood, man. And so it's that scary. point that you're like, yeah, we <laughs> you can't you can't gig now. <laughs> and we went out and tried to do it anyway, didn't yeah, we? And you, it was yeah. the there was only three of us in the well, four of us in the band, but you couldn't do it. Yeah. So the three of us tried to just get by, and we had uh, a few covers in that. Yeah. Yeah, the singer of the Fallen State got up and done a couple. Yeah. yeah fair play. But the thing is, though, we stayed. I come down to the merch stand, and people still brought merch. That's the best. That was a great thing about it. People understood, but I was just shattered, like emotionally. That killed me off that day. And then I went to the doctors the next day. I was like, "Yeah, you got a throat infection." Yeah. Something too little, like that. Yeah. By sh- probably sharing a van with a five blokes. You know, and a little throat infection does that to me. So what advice would you give to a young singer now, starting, like a 16-year-old starting just, singing? Just, I ain't going to say generally do a general warm-up because different warm-ups suit different people. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you like a drink, try not to just try not to drink. But if you're one of them singers who can drink and can sing, because there's, there's loads of bands who singers do drink. It just works for them. Yeah. But uh, you need to find what's best for you. I've, I've found the straw thing works best for me and not drinking. So I don't do it. And it's it's working. Um, you're still going to have a bad night. You're still going to... There's going to be at some point you're going to have a massive cold and you can't sing. Yeah. Because our instruments, I mean us, mm-hmm. you know, you take... You know, you you break your leg, you could you call to the show. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know. But just that little two pieces of flappy skin in your throat, anything can... Recky, yeah, but find something that works for you, but make sure you warm up. That's all I can say in some capacity, but whatever best for you is and your style and your voice. I went to a singing teacher, um, recently. Was that before the Scarlet Riot tour? Yeah, so I went, I had a couple of lessons and then COVID kicked in, so she, she had COVID, so I couldn't go anymore. But I literally had two lessons and she taught me how to warm up, yeah, with the straw. And that was it. It's knowing the person with the knowledge sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's what... And it's the simplest thing. I'm just sitting there going... With a straw in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. And it works. Um, the heartbreak I've had in the past because of my voice going. And it, not knowing what to do. You know. Apologising. 
apologising to everyone. That's all I can do. But yeah, um, but it's, you, you, more and more singers do it. I'm doing it now. There's loads of people cancelling tours and that because the, the voice is going, which is going to happen. You, can, you know, people are robots. You know. Well, we accept it now, the cancellations because of COVID. Yeah, you, yeah. Can't, you can't argue if someone goes, "Look, I've yeah. got COVID." We can't go. Well, you've still got to play. Yeah, yeah. So we accept it, and it's. I think it needs to get to that point where you yeah. go. To be fair, if they don't feel well and they st- they still play, you're gonna have a rubbish night. Well, yeah, and you're gonna make them worse. Yeah. You know, Sons of Texas had to do it. With the, Sons of Texas replied with a uh, great band. Replied with Soil, and they, they've uh, they've had to cancel half their tour because of. It's marking it, singer. Yeah, he's, he's and he's one of them powerful singers. I think, I think if you're smashing your voice out like we do every night, it's going to come to a point. I mean, I'm amazed I've still got a voice over yeah. the years. You know, to be fair, yours has probably got stronger. Yeah, through the the constant beating of it. And yeah, it's, maybe I think yeah. your voice has got better over the years. To the you've only got to listen to them, like say the very first early recordings, yeah. and it, it's not great. And then now. A lot of people like every review we get all about how, how great yeah. your voice is, and it's it's come on massively. I think you know what. As I've got older, I think I've got more humble to me. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was like, "Yeah, I fucking, I wasn't that good," but I was like, "Yeah," because in our scene, I probably was good, you know, compared to the other bands around us. But then you go into the next league, yeah. And then the league where you're supporting Nathan James, you know. It's like going... <laughs> it's um, like, shit. It's like from Sunday League footballer to... Yeah. I play in the championship to go, I'm now going to play in, so in the Champions League. Yeah. So if I'm playing a show with Nathan James and I walk off stage and people are going, your voice is amazing. You come to see Nathan James. So yeah. if you think that, you know, I'm, uh, thank it. you so much, you know. Yeah. But I think as I've got older, I've calmed down. As you say, I'm boring now. <laughs> but um, I feel really humble and... and Proud of what we've done, yeah. You know, from we'll always have their memories as well. You know, that's yeah. all, we can, and we'll probably create more in some capacity. You know, so yeah. So how obviously we've looked at different ways within the industry to make money, and we've already spoke about how much it costs. So how does a musician of our level make money? How how do you finance the things that you do? Well, you're gonna have to get a job at some at that point because you can't make a living from me. Yeah, and um, people who tell you, you can, I'm lawyers. Uh, you have a bit get a job, like a lot of us have. Yeah, well, all of, all of us have. We luckily have a covers band. Covers band make a lot of money. Yeah, for you know for singing, which is crazy to think about. But luckily, we've got a covers band, and we get paid handsomely for that. So we took the idea, didn't we? We had the original, like I said, we yeah. started off doing covers. Slowly phased those out for originals. Yeah. And we've just took the thing now of, we'll keep one band for the originals and we'll start another band for the covers. Yeah. And the two don't ever have to mix. Because you do get a lot of people that contact the originals band and say, will you play so-and-so's 18th? We play their 50th. Yeah. And that's never a good look. No. If you're doing, you're playing to people's nans and they're like, oh, I just played with, just saw Liberty Lies, it's a 50th party. <laughs> so at least if you've got that alias, you can yeah. like, go and do what they want, then it's not yeah. it's not as embarrassing. Well, a massive part of being in the band is looking good in what you do. Yeah. People will follow a band who's got a, who's supporting Buck Cherry, yeah. for instance. Like, if I'm supporting Buck Cherry, I'm going to follow them. Yeah, That's just what happens. But if you look at the gig list and they've got Maureen's 50th birthday party <laughs> on, you get black. Oh, they could be doing that. Well, I ain't gonna go and see them then. It sounds horrible, but I'll do it myself. Yeah, you know, it's just 
if they if they seem to be doing well, they'll do well. Um, that's my opinion, anyway. But like, yeah. So we thought, let's just be in disguise. Not take a great disguise. It still looks like us, but with a Hawaiian shirt on. But um, you know, no one's gonna connect the two really. And we've never hid it either. We've uh, we've no. done quite a lot of interviews where we've spoke where that we do the cover band yeah. because I think it's the only way. I don't I don't think people realise, and that's why I want to talk about it. People don't realise how little money original artists make, if any. Yeah, if any. Yeah. So the fact that if we go and do a headline gig as originals. We can make that same amount each doing covers. Yeah. Which is mental. It is mental. And sometimes more. And you can understand why people give up doing originals to go on to covers yeah. bands. Like a lot of people have. The Crave, they're more than covers bands. Yep. Well, the, the guitarist State. is doing well, though. For, Not the Fallen State, The Fallen. The Fallen, they're a covers band. Um, what's Glamour of the Kill. Yeah. Cover, they, you know what I mean? You can see why. Um, <laughs> that's where the money is. If you're a musician, that's where the money is. And, and apart from the absolute elite that oh, make yeah. it to the oh, course, to a yeah. really good level, but yeah. we know bands that are that just about do their original band full time and um, on peanuts. Yeah, they're bare, like they have to move back in with their parents and yeah, sell yeah. everything they've got. And when they're not touring, they don't make a penny. It's that balance as well as you want to live your life as well as you can. You want to get a house. You want to start a family, and then being a band financially, that don't work. Yeah, you know. Um, Unless, you know, you play in a covers band or get a job to finance what you're doing with the original band, which is a lot of the time what we've done. So, um, but yeah, it is hard. It's hard. People don't realise how hard it is. People just think we get in the van. This is what I think anyway. We just get in the van, get to the gig, play, gig get paid a lot of money. Yeah. Go on. Do it like that. I always remember when we played with Shinedown, we played in, in Birmingham. And the security guard backstage, he saw us. We had we went to get our food at the end, and we all we, we come out of our dressing room with a beer. And this obviously this is a rare case. You don't normally get a beer. You don't normally get a dressing room. So this was a rare case. We we'd had that, and he said to us, "Oh, well, you you allowed to get me a beer?" And we're like, "Mate, that's we've all got one." He's like, "Yeah, but you you must have a case backstage." Like, "No, we had one each." They counted how many people are in the band and gave us a beer each. <laughs> and he's like, "Now you're lying." And he was almost like arguing with us, and we said, "Mate, we'll we'll give you a beer gladly. We don't have another one. Yeah. There's there's five of us here. We've all got one beer yeah. each." Yeah. And he was like, "Well, you must be loaded doing this." And I think that was when it started in my head that people don't understand the situation like that, and people yeah. as well they don't they're not aware of of buy-ons. People don't know that buy-ons exist. We've done a few. Yeah. In fact, every big tour we've done has been a buy-on. Unfortunately, you know, let's get that out there. Um, so explain what a buy-on is to people that a don't A buy-on is you pay the organisation, the band you're supporting, money to support them every night. And that pays for their tour bus, tour bus. or food or yeah, anything like that. Or so let's, let's uh, say Shine Down. People are like, oh, I'm talking about Shine Down. Amazing time. Loved it. We spent a lot. Of, we paid two hundred fifty pound a show to support Shine Down. Yeah. How many shows did we have? Twelve or thirteen. 13 right. Yeah. Thirteen shows. Two hundred fifty pound a night. Yeah. Just to play. Yeah. And then we had to pay to get to these places. Yep. And Van. then we had to pay to make merch. Yeah. And we didn't make a lot back. Well, even the uh, every time you played in academy, they took a cut of merch, which is again, I I put that on Twitter recently, and people are like, 
what's that? That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Venues take a percentage of your merch. We had that gig. We played a gig recently, and they were like, "Have you got any merch?" And we said, "Yeah." And they were like, "Okay, well, it's something like a twenty-five percent fee." Twenty-five percent. They take. So we we're gonna take. You have to sell it yourself, but we're gonna take a twenty-five percent. So that's cost. our profit. Go on. So we get we play the gig, and then we got and that was a nominal fee. Yeah. It wasn't covering. It, it might have just covered our petrol money. Yeah. And then the profit that we would have made on merchandise, which we've already paid for. So you have to, people have to bear in mind, we don't get our merch for free no. and then you sell it. You buy it, put some money on top so you make a profit and then that's where you you make your money to do stuff. And they're like, hang on, let's take 25% off that. Yeah. Well, how much are we making then? <laughs> and I don't think people realise that as well as the buyers. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just all them obstacles. Means you've got no money. That's basically what it is. All the obstacles I'm taking a little bit of your money each step you go, and uh, <laughs> the left of it you, you end up with minus. So what do you feel about buy-ons then? Having, right. having right. done them, you know what? Experiences, love them, but we've had to pay for them experiences. Mm-hmm. We've not made any money from anything like that, which is the, <laughs> which is great. We're playing in front of a full O2 academy, and we're in the minus. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it, it is. I've come to terms with it now. You know, when you're yeah. a kid and you find out that's happening, you're like, oh. And I, I don't want people to think that... Oh, don't get me wrong, we, I love, love we, you. We're not a rich band. We're not bankrolled by parents that allow us to do that. Yeah. It's something that we all saved up for because that's the only opportunities you get unless yeah. you're a big band. Yeah. We've turned down more buy-ons than we've took. Yeah. Because you you wait up and go... Business-wise. Because some of them we have made small profits on. Yeah. If you do it smart, the early days... You, we didn't make profit because no. you don't know how to, to manage it. like a bull in a Chinese shop. So now we've learned, okay, well, let's weigh up the risk and reward. Can we afford to do it? We, we were offered one on the back of lockdown, weren't we? I won't name the band. Yeah. We were offered one and it, we wanted to do it. We could afford to do it. But they said attendances might be affected by the government's COVID rules. So that fee that you're paying, you might play to 1,200 people or if they say you're only allowed 200 in the venue, it might only be 200, 200 people. people. You can't take that risk. And they weren't saying, well, we'll halve the fee if it's no. 200 people. So you go, well, if if the government changed their rules, which they were doing on a regular basis, you're massively out of pocket, massively. Yeah. Like you can't, on a good night, you'll make your buy-on back and more. Yeah. On a bad night. And we have, we've, we have, we have done made that. profits on tours that we've bought on. Yeah. We've brought on. Bought on? Bought on. Bought on. Um, but yeah, but the the, the scary thing is, um, is about it. The bands are getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Who and who, the price is going up. And the prices are getting bigger and bigger. I think we could talk about Anvil. Oh yeah, I was going to say you can name and shame Anvil. Um, we, we, Anvil was touring. Um, if you don't know Anvil, Anvil are a Canadian. Let's say band. joke band because yeah, they are serious, but they've had a film. They're only successful because they had a film about how unsuccessful they are, yeah. which has then brought them success, ironically. Yeah. So, yeah, carry on. Uh, we, we messaged them because there was a tour. I was like, well, yeah, we'll jump on this tour. It seems fun. Um, <laughs> I couldn't even say it. And they was like, yeah, it's this much. I can't remember. Do you remember all the details of the money? It would, I think it worked out to overall something like. Thirteen grand, thirteen thousand pound, and then they said on day one, which was in Europe, somewhere Germany, Germany or yeah. somewhere, we want it in cash, up front, fifty percent in cash up front. So 
we'd have to take 50% of 13 grand in cash over the, the border. border. Like, if anyone scans our In a duffel stuff, bag. Yeah. <laughs> and just hand that over to them. And then they said, well, we want, the, we want the rest when we get back to England. Yeah. And obviously we said no. Yeah. But I know the band... There is bands who did it. Well, uh, we, we've played with the band that did. Yeah. And I think when I look at them... They haven't gone on to do anything, and they they hadn't done anything before. But I think they've bought the experience, which oh, I, I don't memories, blame them. Memories. And if you've got that disposable income, go for it. Yeah, by all means, definitely. But if you're trying to be a successful band, that's the first thing that you can do to kill it. Well, that would have killed us off financially, yeah. wouldn't it? Well, we'd have done that and retired because yeah, we couldn't go back and headline in Germany on the on the basis of supporting Anvil in no, no. in somewhere over there. But yeah. Stuff like that. That would you know, to your earlier question you were saying the lows. That is a big low. When you really want to support a band, you ask them, they get back in touch, we've got an email back from so and so. Yeah. But it's four hundred pound a show. Support us. And it's like one of your favourite bands. And you figure, Birdie, you like can we get can we get nine grand together? The most um we ever got asked for, I won't name the band, but the vent it was O2 Academies. And they asked for a thousand pound a show, didn't they? Thousand pound per show. And it, how many shows is that? Like four. And, yeah, there weren't many. It was three or four. Still four grand. Yeah, for academy. And we've played academies before. Yeah, we for, know the band who did it as well. Yeah, <laughs> we've played, we've done them for a lot, a lot less. So you know that they they are ripping you off. A grand a show. Jesus. We've done one of the tours we did, and the the bond was quite low to be fair. But one of the tours we did, I had to send the money from our bank account. Well, it was probably mine, so I had to say, can everybody send me their share? And I sent it, and it went direct to the singer's bank account as well, which I hated. I just hated the idea that even if we'd have bought their tour bus or we'd have paid for their sound engineer... Yeah, if it, it went towards the tour... It just went in the singer's bank account, and I just hated that. And I just think it, it was just like a tax, honey. Yeah. And I think after that, we luckily we haven't had that since. No. No, we've had some, we've had some good times as well, though. When it comes to tours... That, We've had some good tours. All the tours have been good, really. There, yeah, there's been very no rarely ones. a bad tour. Well, I was talking to Josh and you about this the other day. It's been a long time since we've had an empty... Except for Scruffies. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've played an empty venue. Um, but you know, our following is fantastic. And they're very loyal. And we love them. And uh, that's uh, one of the reasons why we're still doing it as well. There's a lot of people who've been following us for 10 years. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. crazy. So... Following off the top topic of, of money, and not just about money, but what's your opinions on Spotify and other streaming platforms? Again, that's an odd question, because I do use Spotify. Yeah. But I hate it. I hate that they don't pay. Can you, can you not pay a band who's put money into something and put it on? There? You have to pay to get it on? Yeah. And then you get what? 0 0.01 pence yeah. a stream. Hey, like a million streams for a hundred quid or something stupid like that. I don't know how it works here, but it's a... Well, they have to play... Let's assume it's 0.01p. They have to play your song ten times to get... A penny. A penny. <laughs> and you just think... <sighs> but I, I do feel hypocritical by saying I don't like it. Because I use it. Yeah. You know, every day. So, it's easy. It is easy, it? yeah. But it, is it... Well, back in the day, I used to use LimeWire and download <laughs> albums for nothing. So, you're already so, one step better. But even if they... Use the part of the subscription money, and you know, you, I don't know what they're doing. But you know what I think they should do? They should give us the musicians and be like, "Look, we can't pay you as much. We'll let you have a free subscription." 
Yeah. That wouldn't be as bad if I didn't have to pay 15, 20 quid a month subscription. Be like, you know what? You're earning us money. We can't pay you, but have this on us. Yeah. Anything like that, really. No, that's nah, just... It's well, you've got quite a good distributor that we get 100% of our sales. We have to pay to put it on there, yeah. but we get 100% of our sales, so we know the money that we do make. Yeah. And there is worse companies than Spotify, but it, it is a good... It's something you have to use. You can't... Yeah, unless you know days, you, you can't you've got your smartphones, and oh, it's only really the only way to listen to music now. Any well, you can name a song now, and we can get it. We can find yeah. it. Can't we? Connected so. to your car, you don't need CDs anymore. Yeah, it's scary, but it's easier, and it's going to be. It's you can't argue with it, can you? I mean, you can argue with them not paying people, but the actual software itself and how quick it is. Yeah. It's good in that sense, and it's good in the sense that. You can, any band, is that good? Any musician could just stick the music on there. Well, it is good because if ultimately, if, if you're no good, no one will ever go looking for you. True, true. If, you, if you've, you've, been, you've done it yourself, like, you, well, you went to that last Sheepdogs gig. Yeah. If they had an amazing support band, yeah. you go straight home and add their songs to your, your playlist. Yeah. If they're crap, you wouldn't, you would. You'd, you'd be sitting here, you wouldn't even know yeah. the name and of them. It was actually quite good. So, that was one of the cameras. Never mind. Um, so, you're about to become a dad for the first time. I am. Congratulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> what would you say if you're... Am I allowed to reveal the gender? Is that a public yes, thing? Yes, yes. So, you're, you're having a, a little baby boy. I'm having a son. If your son comes up to you and says, Dad, I want to be a musician, how do you feel about that? 100%. Do you, You'd be up for it? I'd love it. I'd love it because I know... If he starts a band and they do well, or ish, do as well as we did, they'll have, he'll have friends for life. That's the main part. Yep. And the experiences he'll have, and I'll be one of them dads who just drive him everywhere. And, um, yeah, I'd love it. I'd love it. To, to, it. River, your child, uh, if she become a drummer, how would you feel? Uh, I've thought about it. <laughs> I'd be very proud. I yeah, do. I do want her to play drums. There's just something in you. They'd be like, "Oh, you're doing what I used to do." There's I a part it. of me. I, I, I hope she, she's a singer. Yeah, and she <laughs> yeah. don't have to carry the stuff that I've had to carry and had the yeah. breakages that I've had. Yeah, but I, I like. I, I generally, I don't care what she plays. I, I feel the same. That's what I mean. Like sometimes I can talk negatively about the music industry. Yeah, but if she come to me and said, "I want to do this," you'd be like, "Yes, straight away." Well, I, I've got my my two stepkids that are. Pursuing yeah. music as well, yeah. and I'm not being and like they've just gone. They've just started a band, didn't they? So yeah, and I'm not saying don't do that. No, whatever you do, don't do that. You don't want to come across as a jaded old arsehole either. Well, yeah, because I look at like I, I follow boxing, and they always talk about you've just had a kid. Do you want them to go into boxing? Like no, no way. But that's that sport made them millionaires. Yeah, obviously we're not millionaires, but. Oh, don't get me wrong. If she wants to go and be a lawyer, great. Oh yeah, <laughs> be a doctor. If yeah. she wants to become a footballer and play for Man City or wherever, yeah. go for it. Yeah. But uh, now nah, I would be proud as punch if if he said I don't want to be a guitarist, singer, yeah. anything. Same with Winter. Same with my stepdaughter. She's I just got a little drum key. She bashes away, honey. She don't know what she's doing. She's just bashing, and it's noisy. But I'm just sitting there smiling because. I know that's it, it could ignite some of that could, you know, whether yeah. it is in music or something creative. I think everyone needs a creative outlook, mm. uh, an outlet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if that starts somewhere, I feel like we've done our job, you know. Yeah. No, that's it's interesting because I think I wonder if some people are just like, nah, get a proper job. Well, it's the thing from, 
I come from from a family of trades people. Yeah. You know, well, there's no musicians in, in your there's family. There's no musicians at all. Don't get me wrong, I love my parents to bits, but there was never hands on when it comes to the band. I never I mean they got me off it. They got me guitars. I'm saying ungrateful now. I don't mean to be ungrateful. There was never I'm glad there was like there was because it's turned me into the bloke I am today. But there was never hands on. They never, I never got lifts everywhere, and so I was never that. There was never that kind of parents, which I don't get me wrong. I love, but um, your dad was my right main inspiration, my reason why I got into it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, if I if I'd never met you, never met you, I'd I'd be a Plumber. Electrician making loads of money right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. You know, uh, but um, yeah, it's and it's I've, I've, with the kids if they find people who are into the same things and that's all. That's all you can ask for, really. And you look at it similarly. Obviously, we've had we, we've had some rock and roll nights, yeah. but for the most part, like you've you've explained, you can't play a well. We can't. Other people can. We can't play a gig off our face. Yeah. And you have to learn that discipline. And I know that we don't drink at all now. Like, we don't even... We might have a beer after. Yeah. yeah. We, but we, we're being restrained. And we have to... To be fair, most of us, we, we, me and you drive home. Yeah. So you can't go and get wasted. And you still have that... It's, it's much better than going over the park. We don't yeah. meet up at the pub. No, no. We, we come not. down here and practice. Yeah. When we meet up and catch up, we'll go, right, do you want to come down to the studio and we'll... Yeah. Let's play some let's songs. Let's do something creative. Yeah. You know. And that's why, and we're in our thirties now. Yeah. We were doing that when we were fourteen. <laughs> so the fact that we're still doing it now, I just think, and I, I see like running the studio. There's there's blokes here in the sixties and some in the seventies that and they love it. This is their meeting point, and yeah. they still do. And I know, and that's one of my questions to you in a minute. I I want to be involved in still playing music. Yeah, if it's one percent of my life, definitely. I don't ever want to stop rid of you. No. No. So I'll ask you it now. Go on in. What you still gonna, are you still going to be playing music in thirty years? Yes, in some capacity. What, what would you like to be if you could say now? In thirty years, you'd be sixty-one. Biggest Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, now just go into a room full of people singing back your songs, or playing a wedding and people are having a good time. If, if people are watching us and dancing and singing in any. Um, we're more realistic now. We've not got that big grand dream of playing headline in an arena and thousands and thousands of people watching us. It probably won't work out like that for any band nowadays. You know, there's not a lot of bands now that jump straight to arenas or you know. But uh, in some capacity, if I'm there entertaining people in any way, I'll be happy. Yeah. Not just stuck in a job that I hate. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's, you know, it's how. <laughs> It's life ain't all about money to me. I've never had money anyway. Mm. I, you know that. I've never been... Money driven. Money driven. I'd rather be happy. Mm. So if I'm happy, I've got a good life. Yeah. You know. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So what advice would you give to a 14-year-old Sean just starting? So you've, you've come down Splinter Studios with your Jay yeah. Terser, Les Paul. Um, what do you tell that, that kid? Get your hair cut. No. <laughs> Honestly, not a lot. I've, I love, I love my life. What everything what's happened in my life. Yeah, is there nothing that you'd have changed if you could have gone? Let me save you the time of making that mistake. Oh yeah, keep off the pop. You know, keep off the drink. You had too much of that at some point. At a young age, I used to work in a pub at the Port Now. I used to come out pissed. I was fourteen because mm. you could then, because 
pubs wasn't as strict as strict. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. I've done made mistakes, bad mistakes in my life. Um to family members and stuff that I'd obviously say don't just don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know nothing musically, is no, nothing that you'd say. Um avoid. warm up kid, because you don't realise now but you're gonna be doing this for a long time. Yeah. And uh you need to hold on to whatever's going on in your neck, in your throat. Look after it. That's what I'd say. And I'd say, I'd also say, looking back now, I'd say, be committed, but remember, it's your friends you're working with. You know what I mean? You Don't split up that. You're still friends because you're still going to see them when you're older. So, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think we, had at some point, forgot that. Yeah, don't lose friends for the sake of... Yeah, I think we forgot band. that. And um, especially, what, six, say six years ago, we was just band, 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 band and forgetting everything else. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, remember... Remember your friends. You're going to be friends for a long time, so just I'll cherish that. Yeah, yeah. Know. That's nice. So what's left on your musical bucket list? What if you... What could you... In the next five years, say what's there for you that you you really want to do? I'll or before really you retire wanna, from, doing I really want to get on stage and sing a song on the piano. Like after that Beatles, that Beatles documentary's changed me. They all get on the piano and start playing it. Yeah, even Ringo, and it's and it's beautiful. Yeah, and it's they're just sitting there and singing, and I would, I am going to learn to play the piano at some point. Yeah, even if it's just to pass on to my kids, I'm going to teach my kids how to play the piano because it's beautiful. Piano is the most beautiful instrument there is. I've just, in the last year, I've come to realise this. So, at some point, I'd like to get up on a stage, whether it's with Liberty Lies, whether it's in the covers band, anyone, by myself, and I want to sing a song with a piano. Um, and I just, this is going to sound, I don't mean to sound like this, it'd be just nice to feel appreciated, mm. Liberty Lies. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'd just be nice to feel, yeah, thanks. <laughs> no. I suppose it depends what circles, doesn't it? Because some, yeah, yeah but got yeah, some amazing I, I, fans, aren't we? Some people are going to look at me and thinking, how, "How dare you? Look what you've done!" Mm. And you're happy with it, but it's the background stuff in it yeah. as well. Well, you've just said everything that you've said has been. I wouldn't change anything we've done. So I wouldn't change anything. Not, I wouldn't change the people I've met. I love everyone who follows us. We've got that lovely tight unit of family who come and see us at every gig. We know the vast majority of people's names, don't yeah. we? Which is. Yeah, an amazing thing, but at the same time, Foo Fighters can't name their fans because nah, they'd be nah. here forever. And I think that's the problem that it's just at the times it's been too small of a family. Yeah, and yeah. I think it needed to just be. But I don't. I don't know where you stop. I don't know if you'd ever feel fully accomplished. You'd have to get proper to the top. But the the the, the bigger you get, there's more people shooting at you, isn't there? Yeah, I remember we had hopes and dreams to play in arenas, and then suddenly we got a bit older. And it was like. Oh, if we could like sell out five hundred capacity venues all over the country, we'd be happy then. Yeah. I think it's still like that. If we can play small venues and then fall, yeah, we'd be we'd be grateful, wouldn't we? Yeah, and I think it's you you come to terms with it as you get a bit older. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying older. I'm thirty. I'm thirty-one. You know, I that old. I'm thirty-two this year. But like, I mean, you see bands coming through now, and they're eighteen, nineteen. It was there, and they. Because they're new, they're getting all the higher slots on the yeah. festivals, and then we're there like, 
I'm opening the stage again. Not cool enough. I'm not cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, stuff like that. But I'd never change anything. Yeah. Other than if someone went, do you want to be as big as if I was like, yeah, yeah, take me now. Um, but other than that, the experiences, the laughs, the crying. <laughs> I'd never, I'd never change it. I find it interesting. There's been quite a rise lately of big bands doing the "This is our tour bus." Like yeah. Foo Fighters. Well, Dave Grohl did a film about touring in a van. Yeah. The Biffy one lately. They was it their drummer bought an, a replica of the old van. van that they toured with, and I think a lot of a lot of bands miss when they bypass those times in the van. They miss them. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're the simpler times and they're. The best, times, the best times, but there's also a point in your life where I had it the last time. I'd, it was a couple of years ago now, when we had to sleep in the cars. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I've passed that point now that yeah. I, I don't feel I, I can't sleep on. Like we finished uh, the second tour with the Fallen State, and we slept on their floor on and the, that was bad on the guitarist floor. And yeah. you're like, oh, I'm too old. Now. Well, it's just uh, it's, uh, that's different for me because I I could sleep anyway. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. We broke down on that Scarlet Ride tour and I slept in the van while you lot was out freezing your nuts off. It was like three degrees. And it was three degrees and worrying and I was in the van snoozing my head off because I can. Yeah. And I ended up stopping in the van until the next morning. <laughs> and I was fine the next day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, stuff like that, it's hard. It is hard. Especially when your van breaks down. Yeah, it's kicking the teeth, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Right, so last couple of questions then. Who's on your dream festival lineup? So I want five bands. Yeah. You can have Dead or Alive. Okay. All that. So let's go. So now we should start with the, the first on. With the first five. on. Um, I'm just thinking about the level of band that would be on the first. So it's, your, it's, it's the Sean Richards okay, Fest. The Darkness. Darkness opening. Yeah. Okay. Dev, that's the level I'm getting. So right. every band above that is going to be bigger. Bigger. So the darkness. You haven't gone up on them in size order. Okay. If I'm you keeping... love it, but you do, you do you. Liberty Lies, no. Darkness. <laughs> and then, I th- you know what? God, there's some, there's some great bands over. This is hard. This is hard. Queens of Stone Age, I've got to put on, because yeah. I love them. So that's, the a dark- big, that's a big jump. Uh, it is a big jump. You've got academies to arenas. Queens of Stone Age. Alice in Chains. Okay, so Alice in Chains so right, more. right in the middle. Yeah. Main support. Main support. Zap Brown. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm loving Zap. Do you know when the weather gets a bit better and you put a Zach Brown it's CD a, on or listen to it? Apart from colder weather, it's a, oh, it's a it's summer, amazing. isn't it? Uh, winter in the car. My stepdaughter, she, I put him on. She goes, oh, it's the gorgeous man. She's never seen him. She's <laughs> never, se- never seen him. I think it's just his voice. She's two. And she goes, Dad, could you put the gorgeous man on? I know who she's on about. Zach Brown. She loves him. It, what is it? He's got a gorgeous voice. Is yeah, I think it's his, I think she's associating his voice with what she'd think he'd look like. I've oh, never hey, showed lovely. her. Hey, I've nev- yeah. I've never showed her what he looks like. I don't want to break that. <laughs> yeah, bad looking <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, bad looking man. Yeah, but, yeah, no Justin Timberlake. But uh she goes the gorgeous she calls him the gorgeous man. <laughs> and, uh, so at the mini, Zach Brown. Yeah. And to headline. So we've got Darkness, Queens of Stone Age, Zap Alice in Chains, oh, Alice Chains. Zap, Zap Brown, <laughs> random, random. One I'd in go, there. yeah, and uh, it's got to be the Eagles, which would work with Zap Brown, it wouldn't, yeah. You know, so all comes around. I love the Eagles. Zap Brown and the Eagles are one, the only thing I'm listening to now. 
Really? I don't know if it's because I'm mellowing out, but I want some easy <laughs> listening, man. <laughs> You've got rid of all the pinch harmonics. Yeah. You no. No more is that all for me. But yeah, the <laughs> Eagles. But, have you watched the new Eagles DVD? The new, new one, one in LA, the forum. Where yeah, t- yeah, it's yeah, his yeah. son. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I ex- went to see that live. I went to that tour. I'm going to see him in Liverpool. It's exquisite. <laughs> it's exquisite. It's it is super. It's with Vince Gill. Yeah. Oh man, his voice. But yeah, that live soundtracker to me. Yeah. Just a hold of it. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, but that's uh, that's what I listen to. Mm-hmm. Cool festival. <laughs> right. Last question then. Imagine the difference in audiences while I'm there. Like you got the. The That's Alice what two stage fans, yeah. and then the <laughs> man, the darkness. I'm happy to be there, though. Oh yeah, they look work, man. <laughs> They'd love you. The darkness. I'll give you throwing him a bone. Open that. <laughs> Even though he mugged you off on cameo. Oh yeah, he did. You know what? Though? He dates with a mug. Josh, he, he mugged Josh Padre. Josh paid for a cameo for my birthday for Justin Hawkins talking to me on the on the phone. The video message that was during a live show he was doing live set here. Yeah, and you know what? That got me. Cause you you follow a bloke for so long, he's there. He says my name. He said my name. Yeah, but he was Josh had asked him if he could sing a line from one of our songs. Yeah, and he went, "I'm going to sing one of your songs." Oh, actually, I don't know any of your songs. Yeah, and then Josh was like, "Oh, he could have just looked on Spotify for like ten seconds, couldn't he, and just got a chorus line?" And now he does twi- TikTok, just singing people's songs. What is it? Yeah, freak. <laughs> right, good. last question then. So. Here, I've got an imaginary bag, mm-hmm. right? It's very nice bag. Because of Mr. Tumble, it's my spotty bag. Oh, we know that. <laughs> so I've got an imaginary bag. It's got 100 balls in this bag. Yeah. Each ball, apart from one, is worth £100,000. So in this bag, there's £9,900,000. No, sorry. £9,900,000. Yeah. Okay? You can take as many balls out of this bag and keep the money. If you take the one ball that isn't, it kills you instantly. Right. How many did you take? How much is it per ball? 100,000. 100k a ball. One. And there's one ball that kills you. So, you, so you've got 99 to 1 chance yeah. of picking 100 I'll, ta- I'll take one ball. Just one. 100,000 100, pound a ball? Yeah. That did me. Just the one? Yeah. Because when I, I heard this question... Originally, and it was a million pounds. I was like, that's a stupid... Uh, from where we come from... Yeah, yeah, You wouldn't risk A million pounds per, per ball? Or yeah. In a whole, no, yeah. it was a million pounds per ball. Mm. You just take one? Yeah. Because you've got less... The odds and... You know what I mean? But then, but with... And then you still leave... If you if you leave with nothing, but, but you, have, you haven't got a lot of balls, you know what I mean? But why not two? Because you could... It could do two, but one of them balls could be the... the but so could the first one. But you've still, yeah, but you're gooning with nothing. And you haven't gained it. Picking a ball out, you haven't gained anything either. Imagine if you had five balls and one of them was the the bad one and you got nothing. But you had them five balls in your hand. I'm like, oh. No, but you can do one at a time. So you can take it out. No. Yeah, but if you get the first one, it's 100 grand and you lose it. You don't lose You lose everything. You but, die. That's what I mean. I think I'd, I'd still t- I'd take one. You just do one. Honestly, that the money would do me, and if I die, if I die, if I did, oh, dying's a bit harsh, isn't it? Sorry, sorry to bring the tone down. <laughs> I try my hardest not to. I don't know, maybe none. I wouldn't no. pick any. No, you take one, surely. No, if it, one of them, I'd it'd kill me. I'd love to have asked twenty-one-year-old Sean. I would have took the bag. 
<laughs> you just yeah. said, let me have all 99 said, of them, yeah, and then I'll just have the last one at the end, yeah, just to yeah, finish just off the party. Yeah. Let me have the party. Yeah. But yeah. Was, do, you know, do you know the lottery, right? Do you know the, the made for life? 10 grand a month for 30 years. I was, I was thinking about it the other day. 10 grand a month for 30 years. The first three months would be great, wouldn't they? You know, all that money. And then what would you buy? What, what would you have? You'd have that much money. Yeah. Would you really? I mean, I'd be happy. I'd buy an house and stuff like that. But after the initial thing of everything you get for your life, what would? What else do you need? It's harder, isn't it? Because you've got to pay that. You've got to have that money up front to do some things. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. But for 30 years, 10 grand a month, you wouldn't see half of it. You'd just be straight in the bank, wouldn't you? Would you, would you work? I, I think I'd have to. I in some, in some way. I'd, it, start a business or in some... You wouldn't drastic. do what you're doing now. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. But, like, obviously I'd be the the man, the boss, <laughs> the yeah. man. I'd, I'd be the man. I'd be the boss of whatever. Not the boss, maybe, like, I wouldn't have anything, anyone telling me what to do. Yeah. I've had that all my life. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I'd have to. There'd have to be something for me to leave the house for. I'm telling you, what I'd do if I die is I'd drink myself to death. <laughs> Honestly, I would. I would. Like I, 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 I work all week, and I have six to eight cans on a Friday night because after the week I'm like I deserve this now. <laughs> Imagine if I die having anything to go home and. I just had. You don't. You hadn't earned. The I hadn't right earned to the right to do it, yeah. and I had a fridge full of beer. Yeah. And all day, I'd be like, I'd be looking at that fridge again, which is kind of a problem, isn't it? But I've come from a family. I, my my family likes to drink. Yeah. yeah. You know. And uh, I just, I'd, I'd just every couple of hours, just, do you know, you drink a cup of coffee. That'd be me with beer. And that that ain't good, so I'd need to leave the house and do summer. Whether it's, oh, you know, you could open a studio or anything, couldn't you? Well, like you have. Um, summer, so some to do helping kids. Mm. You know what I mean. Someone, someone like that would be great. But imagine having one, the other ninety-six million jackpots straight in, bang. Yeah, it's the dream. It's the dream, but it's also it's a curse as well. It's a curse, <laughs> you know. Be nice uh, to think about it for a while, though. Yeah, I'd I'd like to have the option to be comfortable. Is all you can ask for, really. Mm-hmm. That's what it'd be nice to be comfortable. And then you'd create Sean Fest. And Sean Fest and get in touch with the darkness and get darkness. touch to email uh, the eagles. The eagles. <laughs> <laughs> so you taking one ball or none? I, none. You said no, none. Not if there's a chance of me dying. Okay. I love I love life too much. Oh, that's a lovely place to leave you, <laughs> Sean. That was a, that was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank it's you nice very to, much for nice to have a chat. It's nice to have a catch up, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, we we'll, sound like proper strangers when we do this. Day. Weird, it's We've had, we had a coffee before we come in. Love you, mate. I love you too. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. Bye.